Good morning, everyone. We are here with our first episode of Good Morning Camera. It is a podcast really indulging in the photography, videography, and creator space. Our hosts, Gadgen, and I am joined by Anthony. We are geeks, we are creators, and we really want to bring some context to all the exciting things happening around content creation. And we're not going to waste any more of your time. We're going to jump right in. Anthony, before I go to the first topic, I want to know, how are you holding up? How are you doing? And how do you feel about this show? Excellent. Super excited to be here. Uh, this is going to be an exciting kind of podcast to kind of tune into. Uh, we got some exciting news in the camera world, so we need to discuss. We need to have a place where we can just chat, and here it is. There it is. There it is. Here we go. The first thing we got to talk about is a big one. It is the Sony Alpha 1, and this thing is a monster because you are looking at a camera that is about the size of every single sort of Sony full-frame camera when you look at the A7 series, but this one shoots... 50 megapixel images, 30 frames per second, blackout free. It can shoot 8K video. And from early reviews, uh, it can shoot it for extended periods of time, well over an hour. And it also provides a ton of video-centric features such as 4K 120, uh, a multitude of video-centric options such as shooting an S-Cinetone. I want to ask you, what are your first impressions and what interests you the most? For sure. So uh, I was on the initial call with our Sony rep and it was absolutely like nuts. Uh, he was listing off those specs and I was just like, oh, like, wow. Uh, and then there was more. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, like this camera is a beast. I I couldn't I was mind blown, actually, on this call. And it was it was absolutely wild. So this camera is in a league of its own and it's actually pushing the envelopes in terms of like the specs of photo and video, but it's a sneak peek into the future. I think this is where photography is kind of going. And I say that because the future can be uh, photography with video and video with photography because like the specs are absolutely insane. You can burst for a very, very long period of time. And then you can pull a picture from your 8K video, no problem all at all. Uh, and maybe Gadget, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. Like is, is 8K video, if you pull a still from that, isn't that something like 40 megapixels? It's somewhere around there. We're going we're gonna to have our fact checkers pull that up. I should have prepared for this episode a little bit more. But, <laughs> I, you know, this is, this is going to be the fun part of the show where we get to, uh, in a civil way, disagree with each other. And I think I love the idea of the one camera that can do it all. And the Alpha One really is pushing that bar where it looks like from all the first impressions, it can do phenomenal imagery and phenomenal video. Mm. I just am a little skeptical, maybe even cynical, whether that's really what most people want that are specializing, especially at this price point. And I'll give you an example. This camera shooting 50 megapixel images, which is fantastic. 4K 120, which is fantastic. But I would argue that someone that's about to drop, you know, close to $10,000 Canadian on this kind of solution is arguably a specialist of some kind. Now, yes, there are a bunch of YouTubers that are creating content, but they are not the majority when you're looking at this price point. It is going to be those people that are shooting content for the Olympics. It's going to be people do, that are doing wildlife. It might be that person that is shooting you know, music videos or, or short films and needs an additional camera that can do more as well and maybe even some 8K coverage shots. Am I just being a bit too cynical about this camera? Am I not being excited enough or am I being <laughs> pragmatic? I honestly think this camera is 
probably geared more to like the wildlife kind of photographer or somebody who is shooting like high-end kind of action sports like this is a fast shooting camera like it's insane but um, at that kind of price point i think it's just expected that Sony is going to try and include a majority of the market and the big part of the market using like camera for photo and video when you drop these kind of <laughs> specs gadget like I think a YouTuber should be able to pick something up like this and I think they drop the ball on it by not including something like a flip screen. Uh, I just watched Matty Hapoya's review, uh, his like first initial impression, and, and a lot of YouTubers are gonna wanna pick this up as their daily drivers, but the fact that it doesn't have a flip screen, that actually kills me. I think we should get the, we should call. We should call Sony right now and be should, like- Should we call them? Stop, should we call them? St- stop production. Let's get a flip screen on this camera going forward, because this is a beast. It's insane, but I think, honestly, they dropped the ball by not including that flip screen on it. I, I I empathize with all the content creators and YouTubers that really wanted a flip screen on this, but looking at the business side and looking at the target demographic, I totally understand why. Because if you're a photographer first, having a tilting display where the, so the back screen doesn't flip out to the side is a more enjoyable and is a more ergonomic experience for image capture. And I think, I believe this is primarily an image capture tool, but you know what, Anthony, we got to move on to the next subject. And I think we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Alpha One when we get our hands on it and, and debate about this more. The next camera, because there's a ton of cameras coming out here in January, February, is the GFX 100S. This is uh, the fourth camera in the GFX, sorry, third camera in the GFX line? No, fourth camera in the GFX line. Because they started with the 50S, then they went to the 50R, then they had the GFX 100 introduced last year, uh, 2019, I should say, and now the 100S, which gives you 102 effective megapixels, built-in image stabilization, 16-bit RAW files for image capture. It is uh, a photography tool through and through. And here's the kicker. It comes in well under $10,000 for this technology. You're looking at something that really is something new to the market. Now, here's where I have a, a bit of a bone of contention, and I'd like to see where you stand on this. It seems like Fujifilm really wants to market this as a mainstream photography solution. I don't know if I believe that. While I'm impressed by this camera, and I'm probably going to... Uh, find a way to pick one of these up in the, in the coming year. I don't know if it's a mainstream solution. Do you disagree with that? I agree and disagree. Okay. So first of all, my initial thought on this camera was this is classic Fujifilm. Like they're the most underrated camera brand out there consistently <laughs> giving us way too much for way too low of a cost. Uh, and, and think about like the evolution of a medium format camera, right? Previously, a medium format camera was a down payment on a house. And now we have a medium format camera for eight grand and it's like the size of a DSLR. Now, that being said, again, I like I said, I agree and disagree because for me, this is a non-event. It is a very specialized camera, but the fact that we're getting such a high resolution camera in a small kind of form factor and at that low price does kind of push this into a like generic user kind of kind of camera it's not so much a a specialized tool anymore um so like i said i agree but i also disagree this is a a a classic fuji kind of announcement 
Now, hear me out on this audience because I am a Fujifilm user personally, and I produce a ton of content, you know, with this uh, Fujifilm system, whether it's photography or, or YouTube videos, whatever it may be. And here's where I'm a bit confused by the messaging because, you know, for, for many years, uh, Fujifilm were told by their marketing that, you know, even with an APS-C sensor, the size doesn't matter. You can get remarkable imagery, especially with our lenses and our color science. And it doesn't matter how much bigger a full-frame sensor is. And then you have the, the medium format where it's largely about the sensor. And look how much bigger this is than <laughs> APS-C, than full-frame. So it's a little uh, competing schools of thought here when it comes to the marketing, which, again, for me as a user, I'm a little confused by. That being said, I appreciate what they're bringing to the table with this camera. I appreciate the fact 100%. that if you're an up-and-coming photographer, not just uh, an established commercial photographer, but you are someone that has you know, grown your social audience, that has worked really hard over the years, you now have a pretty viable solution to bring more micro-contrast tonality and depth to your images. And you know, Fujifilm, credit to the engineers, really worked hard to flesh out their lens, especially with their new... 80 millimeter f 1.7 medium format lens, which is the fastest autofocusing medium format lens on the market. Credit to them. <laughs> I, I am just wondering if this is something that is going to sell like gangbusters. And here's the thing, as much as they come out and say, we've sold out of pre-orders, it's hard for us. We hear that all the time. We hear that from everybody all the time. It's a, it's a resounding su success. We don't have enough. We can't keep enough on the shelves. But is it really going to contend with the Canon R5s of the world or the Sony rumored A7-4s of the world where these things are premium products priced, you know, close to the top of their category and, you know, push a lot of units? I honestly think that like more enthusiasts are going to pick this camera up and dive into that medium format world more than ever. Uh, but again, it is a very kind of niche product. I think if you're like somebody like an art dealer or something like that, you're going to be really excited because you don't have to spend like an arm and a leg uh, to get something that's going to like, say, preserve like a Pablo Picasso or something like that. Um, but on the other hand, you're also going to have a lot of just entry level or maybe enthusiast photographers who are going to want to maybe treat themselves to something in this kind of category because they've lusted over, say, like um, what's some of like the, the bigger medium format kind of brands. Right. Um, I, I'm trying to think of like the, the the one that's like a huge like box, essentially. The phase um, one units, the phase uh, one Hasselblad yeah, units exactly. as well, the Hasselblad, H60s. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So somebody who is has been lusting over a camera like that for a while is now getting that in a DSLR kind of package. And that's what makes this lower the bar to, to kind of entry. Right. Like, so this is going to be exciting for for both worlds. And we are very spoiled in the camera market right now. So I think it's great for for just about everybody. Yeah. And, you know, listen, I, it sounds like I'm trying to rain on their parade. Uh, full disclosure, I'm probably going to pre-order one of these from Henry's, uh, <laughs> you know, when, when, when I can see the photography space kind of picking up more after COVID. So I don't want to sound like I'm just trying to downpour on them. I just think that with respect to all the exciting things that are happening, this is something that is still a specialized product that caters to a niche audience and may not have that wide uh, mainstream appeal that something like uh, the Canon R5 does or the Sony mm -hmm. even A7S 3 did. So again, we'll yeah. wait and see. I'd love to be wrong on this, 
But we got to move on because there's still more to talk about. Anthony, you are a filmmaker. You are a videographer. You are constantly shooting video content. So you must be excited at all the new entry-level cinema options available for creators. Looking at the market, you know, there's a few of them out there that stick out. But which are the ones that impress you the most? You can name a few of them. But, you know, talk about the ones that really kind of interest you and which one ultimately you would gravitate toward. For sure. So 2019 was seriously like the first year where I was thinking like, holy smokes, maybe like a cinema camera would be actually a viable option. We saw announcements uh, coming from like Black Magic. Um, those were like the first cameras that I was like, holy, like, okay, maybe, maybe a cinema camera would be a viable option uh, for somebody who is working on a limited budget. Uh, but when I'm looking at a, a cinema camera, a couple of things that I want is great autofocus. I would like a touch screen. Um, that would be nice, but more importantly, I would want a full size XLR port. Uh, and the thing is like, we got cameras like the C70, but to be honest, like I'm, I'm not going Canon. That's for sure. Like Canon has got me cheese since like the EOS R. So I'm not going Canon. The most exciting <laughs> the most exciting announcement that I've seen so far in the cinema world is the Sony FX6. That is that kind of nails most of the boxes for me. Okay, okay, and this is probably where we disagree again because I, I look at the space. You you have cameras like the the Red Komodo, which you know its strength is really the dynamic range that you're getting working with that red raw footage in a very tiny under one kilogram box form factor. Then you have something like the FX6, which is not that much bigger when you're looking at the base mm. unit itself, but full frame sensor and a ton of the great full Sony frame. technology, yeah, right? Uh, that they've pioneered. And then you have something like the Canon C70, which is really novel in how it's designed, where it's traditional DSLR styling with those uh, cinema IO ports and accessibility that you come to expect from cinema cameras. I'm looking 100%. at this space, it's hard not to be excited by the Canon C70. And I think this is where we differ is when I'm looking at the end file and having something to work with, I got to give a few points to what Canon is doing here. What is annoying you or uh, <laughs> abrasive to you about the Canon cinema entries, especially when you're looking at these entry-level cinema solutions? Well, I think if you're going to spend like $8,000, $9,000, dollars on a cinema camera, you may as well go full frame, right? At least, right? And this is the first time where, you know, a lot of those cameras uh, in that kind of range are actually full frame. You're not spending like like a down payment on a house on a camera anymore like think about like the some of the aries and things like that sony is giving you a good option that's full frame full size xlr ports audio to me is just about everything uh and canon like oh they always have just these like little things uh it's not necessarily the c70 but they always have the little things that just kind of just get me cheesed because like I want uh, to to invest in a camera and not have it have these like little quarks, right? Like the EOS R was a camera that everybody was so excited about, but then when you slap it in 4K, a massive crop on that sensor, and that defeats the whole pro uh, the whole uh, full frame sensor kind of vibe that you get with that, right? Uh, and then they released the EOS R again, another another camera that seemed way too, too good 
too good to be true and it was because it like started having all these overheating issues so when they drop a c70 that just doesn't make up for the last two kind of bummer cameras that uh that that got released right so to me i think it's Sony not enough is, for you it's not enough it's for not you. enough you gotta you, maybe <laughs> on the next one they'll start to make it up three strikes and you're out for me right so, <laughs> so sony uh sony they're winning my heart even though you know right now i am a, fu a fuji shooter as well so uh if you're gonna jump into a cinema camera right now i think it's got to be something like the the sony fx6 you know i i am inclined to agree with you depending on what your priorities may be i think if you're uh skewing more to environmental doc and maybe even some music video production and you have e-mount lenses or maybe an existing sony product i think the decision is a little bit easier there is no denying that while Canon has had their obstacles in the past, the C70 <laughs> with all the reviews doesn't really have any sort of catches or any sort of like gotchas. Like you look at this exactly. thing and it absolutely delivers on their promises. And I gotta say, I hear you on the full frame, but they introduced their focal reducer, their version of, yeah. of a Metabone yeah. speed booster that gives you that look. It gives you back some low light capabilities they're really going for the fences on this one. So I think in short, we're probably not going to agree on this, but we can agree that Sony and Canon should send us these to test drive to really see what they can do and how they stack up against each other. A hundred percent. Yeah, I need to get my hands on the FX6. It would be exciting to like. It would be exciting to get my hands on the C72 because it does look like a pretty killer camera. But again. Like I said, three strikes, you're out for me. Sony, uh, yeah, you're, you, I've got an eye on you, that's for sure. <laughs> so listen, stay tuned for future episodes because we're going to try to get our hands on some of these new and exciting products, give you our impressions, and also uh, respond to some of your questions you might have when you reach out to us, whether it's through the reviews of this podcast or directly through us on social media at Henry's Camera. Let's get into... The final part of our show, the creator draft picks, and this is the part of the show where we talk about something that's been exciting us, that's something that's been useful for us, something that's been allowing us to work better and more efficiently. Uh, if you don't mind, Anthony, can I start this one off? Can I share something special that I've been using yes. lately? Yes, please do. It is the Loop Deck Plus. Now, when this was announced a few years ago, I was skeptical. I didn't want to believe in it. I thought it was more of a gimmick, but... As they've released, the team at Loop Deck, as they released updates and more features and more compatibility with other applications, I'm in love. Dude, I am in love with this thing. I have mine specifically tweaked for editing in Final Cut and being able to quickly navigate my timeline, zoom in, zoom out, make cuts, add keyframes to my clips, especially my audio, quickly grade the primaries of my footage I'm in love with this thing. It is saving me time. It is saving me a ton. And you know what? It actually makes it more fun. I won't lie that the, the <laughs> feedback I'm getting for these buttons and knobs, it actually makes the process more fun. So my first creator draft pick for Good Morning Camera is the Loop Deck Plus. But more importantly, what is appealing to you? What's your creator draft pick? Yeah, so my, I'm going to stick with some of the more popular topics that we're kind of dealing with right now. Like I said, we kind of are in an unprecedented kind of situation and everybody is in need of a good microphone for Zoom or like live streaming. And I am a pretty big audio buff. I run my own podcast outside of work. And uh, what kind of got me hyped about the Shure MV7 
it's a USB-C mic, but also an XLR. So most of the time, USB mics, they don't sound exactly, they're just okay, right? Like they're, they usually come at a lower price point and I think it's justified because the quality of sound between a USB mic and an XLR mic is just different, right? Uh, USB mics almost sound a little bit too airy. They pick up too much, whereas like an XLR mic like we're kind of using right now has that nice tight cardioid pattern uh, that uh, XLR microphones tend to offer, right? So it's it's a, it's picking up sound from a very small area, uh, and the MV7 is exactly that high-quality uh, cardioid pattern mic, but it also offers you that XLR port and USB-C. So if you're just plugging into the computer, then that's great. If you got something like a Zoom recorder, then it has the XLR port to give you that better kind of quality of sound, you know. Uh, the SM7B, super popular mic right now uh, by sure. Joe Rogan, he uses that for his podcast. Uh, and to be honest, it was hard to tell the difference uh, between the SM7B and the Shure MV7. So that's why for me, I think the Shure MV7 might be actually one of my top favorite microphones that I've I've almost really seen in quite a while. Um, so yeah, that is definitely my top pick for sure. Nice, nice. Thank you for that. And thank you all for listening to our first episode of Good Morning Camera. Please be sure to follow Henry's camera for helping us put the show together, but also to get updates on new episodes. And we'll leave a link to our socials as well. So if you want to connect with us, share your thoughts or tell us what we should be talking about and giving some attention to, please don't hesitate. Reach out to us. Again, my name is Gadgen, joined by Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the next one.